Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a minute and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Enjoy today's message. Can we help me, uh, help me welcome our online audience before we see them? So good to see you guys tonight. Well, go ahead and uh, high five somebody next to you and you guys can have a seat. Wow, man, that was good, wasn't it? Anybody glad you came tonight? Well, I'm glad too. Well, we're glad you're here. I wanted to send greetings and love from Pastor Tim and Alicia. And um, man, I was with Pastor Tim yesterday and uh, we took a couple uh, walks down the sidewalk and he is making progress every day. And uh, so God is just, yeah. So we're just super, super thankful. So I'm sure they're watching tonight. They love you guys. They miss you guys. And he can't wait to get back. So can we just give Pastor Tim a big round of applause one more time? Come on. Wow. Well, we are so glad that you're here tonight. Look to your neighbor and say, man, I'm glad you're here. We are glad you guys are here. Well, if you have your Bibles tonight... Uh, man, what a fitting night. It's just been incredible. The music's been incredible. Uh, the decorations are incredible. And I, I think we're ready for Christmas. I think we're ready for Christmas. So if you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Matthew chapter 1. And uh, the title of my message tonight is just simply this, in the present. Everybody say, in the present. Look to your neighbor and say, it's all about the present. It's all about the present. Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, when you get there, say, oh, yeah. yeah. You guys are already there? Wow. You guys are quick. All right. Matthew chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 18. In verse 18, it says this. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant, and it was by the Holy Spirit But he didn't know that. Everybody say, oh my. Joseph chagrined, but noble determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. Verse 20, we're reading in the message. It says, while he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke to end the dream and he said, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son, and they will name him Emmanuel. Hebrew for God is with us. Then Joseph woke up, and he did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby, and he named the baby Jesus. Come on, can we give God some praise for that tonight? 
Join me as we pray. God, we just thank you for your word tonight. And God, we just thank you. First and foremost, God, that you sent your son, Jesus. And so, God, we pray tonight, God, that you would speak to us, God. We pray that with everything that is done at the end of the night, God, that you would be lifted up, you would be glorified, and, God, that your people would be helped tonight. So we just thank you, God. Thank you for uh, your presence that's here tonight, God. Would you just speak to us now in Jesus' name? And everybody said, amen. 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 Well, it's been said that you can't receive... Uh, what you can't accommodate. In other words, you can't receive what you don't make room for. And in our story tonight, we see that Mary and Joseph made room for something amazing that was getting ready to happen. And we also see in our story tonight uh, a few things that happened. We know this, that an angel came down and spoke to Joseph. And then if you look at the other accounts uh, in, in Luke, we also see that an angel came down and spoke to Zechariah, and an angel also came down and spoke to Mary. And to all three, he conveyed the same message. And that message was this, make room. There is something awesome coming your way. Make room. Everybody say make room. Make room. And I don't know about you, but I get a little emotional when it gets time for Christmas. And this story just does something to me. And I don't know if it was because when I first gave my life to Christ, it was in spring of uh, uh, 1800. Uh, Don't I look good for being so old? 1989, uh, I gave my life to Christ. And then that year, the Christmas was my first Christmas as a believer. And then I remember sitting in the, in the sanctuary of this little bitty uh, Nazarene church where we were at. And in the Nazarene church, you didn't get loud or you didn't do anything out of order. And it was pretty like, you know, rigid and, and you know, not like here, not fun like here. And uh, I remember the pastor reading the same story. And as he read that story and as he talked about Jesus coming to save I immediately just got super emotional and began to think about how God saved me and how he delivered me and how he had set me free and how my life had just been radically transformed. And as he came to the part where he said he named him Jesus, there was something in me. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's because my personality is just naturally loud. And, uh, but I stood up. I just something just pushed me out of my seat when he said his name was Jesus and I gave Jesus like a standing ovation. And, and then I somehow caught like my eye to each side and I noticed no one else was standing and everyone was just kind of looking at me and I was like, okay. And I just sat quietly back down and allowed the pastor to continue But there was just something about the name of Jesus. There's something about Jesus. And I don't know about you, and I don't know where you're at or what you've gone through, but I guarantee you we've gone through some things. And there's been victories won and battles that have been defeated. And God has showed up in your life, and he's faithful, and he loves us, and he's crazy about us. And when I hear the name of Jesus... 
there's just something in me that just wants to give him a standing ovation. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. And so tonight, we're talking about Christmas. It's that time of year. It's really, honestly, the most wonderful time of year. It's hard to argue with just how awesome Christmas is. We often, and I don't know about you, but we often, during Christmas, we get breaks from work. Anybody get breaks from work? We get breaks from school. Anybody in school, get, we get breaks. And uh, man, if that doesn't just do something in you, like, you know, nothing else is going to. And we get to spend time with family and friends and then those distant relatives that we don't like. <laughs> Everything is decorated beautiful. And just seeing the presence underneath the tree, I don't know about you, but I just get a little giddy like a little kid when I see the presence. And Christmas for me was always a time growing up where something really special happened. My grandma came to visit. And I loved my grandma. It was that time of year where she would come to visit and spend several weeks with us. And my grandma would always love to take us to church or to take us to a, a, a homeless shelter so that we could uh, feed uh, people during the holidays. And one of the things that my grandma said, and we say this around here, is that giving is better than receiving. Amen? Amen? Giving is better than receiving. But when I was little in my head, I was like, no. <laughs> like, there's no way, right? I was like, man, presents are awesome. Like, I love presents. Like, getting new things is the best part of Christmas. But I do have to admit that giving and being generous, and you know this too, it feels good. And at Christmas time, a lot of us, a lot of families, we get to experience both. We get to experience receiving presents, but also giving presents. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but during Christmas time, there is... Uh, generosity just seems to be in an all-time high. And we talk about giving more at Christmas time, and more money is given in the month of December than any other month. And now Black Friday, Black Thursday, I don't, I, it's just crazy, right? But this is the time when we naturally think about helping people, meeting needs, buying Christmas presents, Often during this time, we visit soup kitchens, donate clothes, drop off food, all these kind of things. And if we don't even think about it, this is the season when we're typically more generous. And I just have to give you guys some huge fist bump kudos tonight because we have the most generous church that I've ever been a part of. This last couple months, we've been getting ready to do Christmas blessing and over $7,500, Pastor Sean and Pastor Haran have been working. Small group leaders are assembling presents. And over $7,500 has come in so that we can bless families that are in need during the holidays this year. And not only, yeah, come on. That's awesome. And then our men, where's all my men at? There's like four here tonight. Awesome. Uh, but, but the men, they've come together. Bert has rallied our men, and they're getting ready to do this great go- grocery giveaway. And over $9,000 has been given so that we can go and bless people. Yeah. God is so good. But Christmas is also the time when we see bell ringers. Right? 
the bell ringers at Walmart, grocery stores, the malls, you guys know who I'm talking about. Often they're dressed in Santa costumes. They're standing next to the red kettle bucket thing, and they're ringing the bell. And uh, many of you will drop off your spare change, dollar bills, and then some of you guys who have no Christmas spirit will walk by and drop in your empty gum wrappers just so you feel uh, good. Hopefully that's not us. That's not us. But they ring that bell, right? And you know what's interesting about the bell ringers? Even if they make us a little bit uncomfortable, even if they're blocking the entrance a little bit, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we never get mad at them. We never see anybody pushing them away. And honestly, Christmas wouldn't be the same without them. It would just be less Christmassy. Because the reality is we love to see people helping people, especially this time of year. And even if you're not a very generous person, there's something inside of us, right, that just wants to participate. But we've all been there. How many of you guys have been to Walmart? Yeah, it's a scary place, right? But maybe you're you're nothing like me, but you see the bell ringer. And then you kind of do the wide angle (laughs) entrance. Because there's something about the bell ringer. If you catch eye contact with them, then that means you're on the hook, right? (laughs) And so like, you know, sometimes you'll notice where they're at and you'll go into the other door, right? And there's this awkward tension between giving and generosity. And sometimes we just, you know, honestly, we feel guilty. And there's a lot of reason why we feel the guilt during the Christmas time of being generous, and maybe we don't have much money to give, maybe we don't care as much as we think we should, maybe we have nice things, and to see other people in need reminds us that others don't, and whenever we do give, it just feels like, man, it's not enough, and there's nothing fun about feeling guilty, but even before Christmas was a thing, people kind of felt this way about giving. In the earliest parts of history, the Bible tells us and was very clear that God wanted his people, right, to give, to meet needs. And people obeyed reluctantly because they had to or they ought to. And sometimes we have those experiences and that's how generosity worked until something happened that changed all of history. Christmas happened. The first Christmas Whether you grew up in church or not, no matter what you believe, you're probably at least a little bit familiar with the story. Mary and Joseph have a baby. And there were shepherds. There were wise men. There's a song about a little drummer boy. I'm not sure how that got into the story, but they're all there to see the baby. And the baby is God's son. He's the first Christmas gift. And we've seen the nativity scenes and heard so many stories that I think sometimes during Christmas, it can be easy to just check out. But I want to challenge you tonight to actually tune in to the message because it all begins and it all changed the course of history. So what is the first thing we discover about God in the Christmas story? The Christmas story begins and centers around one idea. God's generosity. God gave. He gave. That one idea changed everything. 
And he gave everything. Now, this verse isn't your typical Christmas verse, but it so perfectly describes what God did and why Christmas is upon us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God gave. Before the angels started singing, before the shepherds started hightailing it to Bethlehem, before Mary got the news that she was going to be a mom, before the barn animals, the crowded inns, the swaddling clothes, the gold, the frankincense and myrrh, God decided to give. And it wasn't out of guilt, right? God chose to give, but he didn't have to. He wasn't guilted into it. He wasn't pressured or persuaded. He could have done whatever he wanted to, but out of his joy and love for every single one of us, he chose to give. He chose to send his son. And what I love about this story is that God didn't start by asking us to be generous. He started by demonstrating his. So Christmas, what's so significant? If you guys have ever donated a meal or presents to a family, has anybody ever done that? Come on, everybody should raise their hands. When you think about it, why did you do it? And my guess would be this, because you knew or understood the story of whoever you were giving to. And either you knew the people in need or you learned that there's someone just like you. And when we have a personal connection and see the need, guess what happens? It moves us to action. In one way or another, their need becomes personal to us. And I don't know about you, when I know what the need is and I am compelled to to do something about it, I'm much more inclined to be involved and to be more generous, right? I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but uh, several years ago, we had a family in our neighborhood who lost everything to their house fire. And because there was a personal connection to them, everyone in the neighborhood, man, we rallied and supported and loved. And man, there was just an outpouring of love and generosity that I've never seen before. And that's a lot different than, right, the cashier at Target who asked for money to give to the cat shelter. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like the urge isn't as strong because you really, there's no personal thing going on there and because it's cats. Like there's no, there's, no, there's no need to. But God demonstrates his generosity to us. I love John chapter one, it says this. And in the message, I love the way it reads in the message. It says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into your neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, the like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. So not only did God give, but God's generosity is personal. Just like us, we're more likely to give and do more when we know the story, and the same is true with God. And that's what makes Christmas, I think, so amazing. God's giving us his son honestly doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and, but he did it for the same reason you and I would give. It was personal for him. You and your story really do matter to God. 
He saw you. He loved you. He knew you. And he was moved with compassion for you. And so he gave. And I love this because God gave because he was so caught up in you. In what he wanted for you. In who you would become. In the potential that he saw in you. In the hope he had for you. And in the promise that your life has, the destiny, the purpose that he has created you for, he wanted to do something. He wanted to come up with something so grand and so amazing to make everything that he saw in you possible. So over 2,000 years ago, he made the most generous offer that we'll ever know. He gave us his son. And when he gave that present, something inside every single person since has been affected by it. I love that verse in John, but it could have easily been read just like this. For God so loved you that he gave his one and only son that if you believe in him, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life. So at the start of this Christmas season... We're not going to ask anyone to be generous tonight. Some of you guys are already kind of feeling nervous, like, oh, they're going to take another offering, or (laughs) Pastor Tom's going to ask for, you know, some new shoes or something like that. But now we do need to be generous, and we are. But I want to ask you at the beginning of this Christmas season to look around, to look around and to be amazed at God's generosity toward you. The whole first Christmas was wrapped up in God's present to you. He gave because you and your story are personal to him. And he chose to give because your story, your story matters. I love Ephesians chapter 2. It says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is what? A gift of God. It's a present from God, not as a result of works so that no one, no one may boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Here's what I love about God. He loves you and I so much that he would never leave us in a state less than glorious. He came so that you and I could be transformed. Amen? Amen? He gave, he came, it was personal so that we could be transformed. And here's another thing that I've learned is that generosity is amazing. I love what, uh, I think it was a poet, her name is Maya Angelou. She says, if you're always trying to be normal, you will never know how amazing you can be. And that's so true. Sometimes we try to be normal, but we have been created to be amazing and to live amazed. So what would it look like? What would happen if we were to live a life in amazement? I think it would change us. I think it would change the way we spend our time, the way we use our talent, the way that we use our touch, the way that we use our treasures. I think something in us would change if we could live our life amazed. Now, if you look at the word amazed, In the Bible, it's actually translated uh, astonished. And here's the definition. Astonished is to be astounded, to be stunned, to be in a state or condition of surprise as a reaction to a situation. 
Imagine if we lived life stunned. Like, that would just be so cool. Like, if everything that we came across, every situation, everything that happened to us was like, woo! God is awesome! Like, I mean, it would just change. Maybe it would change your mood. Maybe it would change your face. Like, maybe it could change everything if we could live life amazed. Number one, what if we lived life amazed at how God gave? And how he continues to give to us. What if we lived amazed at when God gave? What if we lived amazed at why God gave? What if we lived amazed at what God gave? What if we were amazed by his grace? Amazed by his mercy, his love, his timing. What if we were amazed by his provision and his healing and his safety and how he fills every need? What if we were amazed... By his peace? What if we were amazed by his kindness and his strength? After all, he is. He is our Father. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is our Lord, our Savior, our Healer. He is faithful. He is our Shepherd, our Refuge, our Rock. He is the Light of the World. He is peace. He is comfort. He is living. He is the Almighty God. He is our provider. He is righteousness. He is holy. He is our creator. He is gracious, merciful. He is the most high God. He is our shield, our potter, our counselor, our foundation. He's our keeper, consecrator. He's our advocate. He's our master. He is fire. He is our leader. He is our guide, our judge, our ruler, our deliverer. He is our perfecter, our purifier, the author, defender. He is our banner. He is the high priest. He is our God. And his name, his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Last week we said that an attitude of gratitude is the special sauce of life. You guys remember that? And this week, just perhaps, just perhaps, wrapped in the greatest present ever given is an expression of God's generosity that should awaken a sense of amazement in us. I want to read that story again. And I want you to think about what God's done in your life. Think about how far God has brought you. Think about what God's brought you through. Think about that time when you surrendered and gave your life to Christ in that moment when you knew that he was Lord of your life. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream, and he said, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves because he will save his people from their sins. 
This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son, and they will name him Emmanuel. Hebrew for God is with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. And he named the baby Jesus. So our response is simple tonight. Our response is simply to give our lives back to him. And if you're here tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never surrendered everything to him. And now you know that in the present was the greatest gift we've ever known. He sent his son, baby Jesus, who would become a king, who would die and be raised to life for you and for me. And if you're here tonight and you've never made him Jesus, you've never made him Lord, I just simply want to pray over you tonight. And if that's you, would you just lift up your hand? You've never asked Jesus into your life. Or maybe tonight you need to rededicate your life. You need to come running back to him. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? God, thank you. Thank you, God. God, we are amazed by you. We are amazed by you. God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And so, God, tonight at the beginning of this Christmas season, we simply give our lives back to you. We surrender, and, God, we put you first. God, would you fill us? Would you change us, God? Would you set in motion, God, the plan and the purpose you have for us? And, God, we will live amazed. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 We're going to close like this. We sang a song earlier. And I don't know about you, but man, what an opportunity that we have to come and adore. Our king has come. Our king has come. And so tonight as we close, we're going to worship again and sing that song as an anthem and just declare tonight that he is Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us stand and let's sing.
are you guys ready to have an amazing week now? Come on, well, we want to see you Sunday. Don't forget, part three, Pastor Lee's going to be doing uh, When Life Makes Lemons. It's going to be awesome, so make sure you invite somebody. And then don't forget, next Wednesday night, uh, there's no midweek service as we get ready to do all the production elements and all the uh, rehearsals next week. And so uh, make sure that you grab some invest and invite cards before you go tonight. Grab a bunch and just spread them all over the city. Amen? Amen. Love you guys. Have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.